Welcome to the Conscious Relationship Uncoupling and Parenting Summit. It's me, Lucia Gabriela, your host and producer. Today we have an incredible woman and mother. Oh, you can feel her heart, her passion, and her commitment to share the message that she had for you today. So it is my honor to introduce you today to Lisa Smith. So Lisa, she's a mom and a parent coach who knows the joy of transformation but really, she helped turn frustrated parent who regularly default to yelling, threatening, and punishing into peaceful leaders within their households. As a former dominant parent, she found the path to peaceful parenting, and she's dedicated to helping other parents find their way too. So it is my honor to welcome Lisa Smith into our summit. Thank you, Lisa, for saying yes to us and coming to share your precious gift. Oh, my goodness, Lucia. It's my absolute pleasure, and I'm truly honored to be here with everyone today. So thank you for having me, and I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank you. We are so excited for your topic today. Uh, really, as a parent, I really resonate with what you have to share today when we got on the phone before the summit and had the conversation, I was like, I cannot wait to learn more of your tools and I cannot wait to share this with our community. So for those who are wondering what is the topic of today is, why be furious when you can be curious? The secret to navigating your child's behavior, behavior by becoming an emotional detective. But before we go into this topic that is so interesting for so many of us as, as parents, we would like to learn from you today, Lisa, how do you start in the journey of being a conscious parent? Thanks for asking that. My story is pretty interesting. Um, prior to becoming a parent coach, I was an executive at a very large medical device firm, and I worked with some of the top orthopedic surgeons in my field. I, I, I did mergers and acquisitions, I acquired companies, I developed product ideas, and my largest acquisition was $350 million. I also co-funded a venture capital firm. So professionally, I was at the top of my game. But as a parent of a small child, I think at the time my son was around four, I felt like I was failing. I felt like a complete failure. I remember one day I was yelling at him, and he was yelling at me. I was furious with him. It must have been over homework or showering or honestly, I can't remember what it was. But I remember I was yelling at him and he was screaming back at me. And I was yelling at him for yelling at me. And then it hit me. I was, I was teaching him to be reactive and angry. And he was only four. And I, I thought to myself, if this is our way now, where will we be in 5, 10, 15 or 20 years? And I realized I was angry and frustrated a lot as a parent. The joys of parenting were far and few between. And as a result of that, I had so much guilt and shame over how I was parenting and the connection that I had with my child. I get teary-eyed every time I tell this story. You know, Lucia, everyone else around me seemed to be doing it right, but I couldn't figure out how to get there. I had no tools few role models as a child, and honestly no idea what I was doing. So I literally that day dropped to my knees and begged the universe to help me find a new way. I knew there had to be a way to peacefully parent that felt like connection and love and not dominance and reaction. 
And as the universe usually works, the solution fell shortly thereafter in my lap. I, I through a friend of mine, heard about a parent coaching institute and was invited to a discovery call. I, I cleared my calendar that day, showed up at the call with hope and, and really seeking possibilities. And within a few minutes on the call, I was hooked. I, I had bitten the, the bite of the conscious parenting apple. I, I listened in the hope of learning something new, anything that would help. And sure enough, a miracle happened. The person on the call talked about empathy and connection and about valuing the relationship over the behavior, concepts that I had never thought of as a parent. And, and, and I was hooked from the beginning. So I first immediately became a student and I absorbed every piece of information about conscious parenting that I could get my hands on. And for me, my son, my husband, and our family as a unit, the impact was immediate. Within the first few weeks, I felt the change. I could see the path to peaceful parenting. I knew the connection I wanted to have with my son was within my grasp. And I, I felt calmness come over me that I hadn't felt since bringing that little bundle of joy home from the hospital. I discovered empathy and how to apply it to my son and, and myself. And I discovered a new way of thinking and approaching the challenges ahead of us. And I learned techniques that take us away from reactionary confrontation and take us towards problem solving solutions. And so I just want to say to the audience today, I, I'm, I'm so real with you about my own path to parenting. And, and just so you know, I've been there. I started on the other side. I have zero judgment for anyone who comes to me and tells me what's really going on in their house how they yelled at their child, lost their temper, or just feel like they're a big fail at parenting. Yummy, yummy, yummy. As for now, audience must know that the seed of this stomach is actually the parenting aspect of it is that's what actually inspires the creative summit. Not just to have a great relationship with your lover, a great relationship, and how to have a conscious partnership with your lover and your family, but actually, how? What's the impact that we're leaving behind for our generation? What we're leaving behind for our kids, especially the kids of the now. Sometimes we think too much of the future, of the kids of the future. But we're forgetting to be really present that the kids of the now, our kid, the one that we give in birth, are actually the ones that are um, receiving so many of the imprints that we live in behind. And some imprints could be great, and some of them are very toxic. And, you know, the inspiration to the summit I share with everyone is my daughter. And, mm -hmm. and I resonate with you, Lisa, so much because I, at one point, even though that I'm like these love goddess and priestess and all these women, you know, I was also in that contrast in that time period where I was a very, you know, I was acting too, even though that I had my transformational journey, all that stuff. As a parent, I did not have tools. I did not have the awareness, the consciousness that I did not have all that. So it is so important for our audience to really know that we don't have excuses anymore <laughs> at some levels. So this summit is really when you watch it and you listen to every single speaker, especially in the conscious parenting uh, area, 
please, please, please share with everyone you know that want to be a parent because we have collected, we have gathered amazing speakers, amazing people that really have walked that talk and they have experienced the contrast of, of not being conscious and, and reaching out for tools, reaching out for insight, reaching out for help. And they have created their own little signature um, you know, programs or, or, or skills to help others. So I really invite everyone in the audience to share our summit to all the parents, especially if you see parents that they are frustrated all the time. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I am so, 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 so excited to learn from you today, Lisa, the tools that you have applied in your life to go from frustrated mom and frustrated household to like a peaceful, harmonious, loving, caring, and nurturing household. So we're ready for your presentations. Here we go. Thank you so much, Lucia. So today, we're going to talk about getting curious, not furious, the secret to navigating your child's behavior by becoming the emotional detective. And I like to start by setting the stage. You know, our kids are going to make mistakes. Their childhood is a dress rehearsal for adulthood. And our kids have underdeveloped brains. So they're going to make mistakes. And sometimes they make big ones. And our job as they're navigating their life is to be their emotional coach. And it really helps to remind ourselves of this, that they're going to make mistakes and that our job is to guide them through the mistakes with repair and recovery, how to course correct, how to not repeat the mistakes. And often as parents, we get frustrated when our kids make mistakes. And largely based on how we were parented, we, we want to punish our children. And I like to talk about why punishments don't work for the child and the parent. I think these pictures well illustrate sort of how everybody feels when punishment is going on in the family. So punishments don't work for the child because um, they happen after the fact. So the child is at a real disadvantage. The child often feels shame and humiliation and struggles to learn the lesson that you're trying to teach when they feel those big emotions. Kids often get sidetracked, especially later uh, in the tween and teen years, they often get sidetracked on the punishment and miss the original lesson that we're trying to teach. And punishing our kids creates resentment with the child that often leads to power struggles and further acting out on the child's part. Punishments don't work for the parents because we often get surprised and that feels out of control. And so we're, we're really reacting. Punishing our child always comes from a place of fear and anger. And I know that's really hard to hear, but it's true. When we're angry, we're focused on the punishment rather than the lesson and we're not always reasonable. I always refer to that Modern Family episode where Phil Dunphy cancels Christmas because his kids won't do what they're asked. So we often forge ahead with these dramatic punishments and then have regret afterwards. And the biggest reason that I think punishments don't work for parents or kids is that we're modeling violence and shame for our children when we punish them. So oftentimes we're punishing uh, kids for fighting and 
and and we're we're imposing on them exactly what we want them to avoid doing. Um, then lastly, to your child, when we punish them, it often feels like we're controlling them, and it's hard to feel cooperative and open when you feel controlled at any age. So what's the solution? Well, I like to talk about becoming an emotional detective. And um, if you're a parent, especially to a high-spirited child, you know how rewarding it can be to experience their big emotions. They throw their arms around you and hug you with all their might. Their enthusiasm seems to be limitless around their hobbies and interests. And at any time, they're so passionate about their beliefs. They play hard, love hard, and live with endless energy. And then there's the dark side to parenting kids with big emotions. And I know this firsthand. I know this is hard. It's when he won't listen because he's so caught up in his own world. It's difficult when she experiences a major meltdown in the middle of the park as you feel other parents giving you the stink eye. It's frustrating when you try to talk to him and you feel like you aren't getting through. It's disheartening to see her, how her bad mood affects the entire family. In these situations, we often react with anger to get through to our child. It's often an in-the-moment response fueled by embarrassment, frustration, and even desperation. And then later, as you replay the events in your head, you regret the yelling and vow to do better next time. Can you relate? If you're a parent to a high-spirited child, I'm sure you know the answer is a resounding yes. My number one revelation that I'd like to share with you is one that positively changed the dynamic in my family immediately after I implemented it. And it's that your children at all times are just trying to get their needs met. This was not something I realized before learning it. And when I first heard it, I was like, whoa. So what this means is that your children are not trying to be bad, mean, or disrespectful, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. They're just trying to get what they need. At any given moment, your child might need attention, affection, autonomy, connection. On the physical side, they might need rest, downtime, maybe some meditation, food for fuel, a chance to relax their brain. The secret when your child is having big emotions of any kind is to get curious, not furious, and ask yourself, I wonder what they need. See if you can figure it out. Listen, observe, ask, guess, and experiment. Stay in the curious mindset. Literally ask your child, what do you need right now? Create a dialogue with them at any age, from two on. You can get them in the habit of hearing, what do you need? You can help them figure it out. Encourage your child to ask for what they need and use words to communicate their feelings rather than screaming, hitting, tantruming, stomping out of the room, or slamming the door. Maybe your child is hungry and needs a snack. Maybe he needs a break. Maybe she needs some attention from you, some undivided attention where you put your phone down or stop working or just Really engage with her for a good 10 minutes where she has your undivided attention. Maybe he needs to run around and burn off some energy. Maybe she needs a dance party 
or it's time to do some jumping jacks or make a game of picking up all the toys on the floor with some music in the background. Maybe she needs to step away and have some downtime. Maybe your teenager just needs you to lay on the couch with them and be quiet while they process what they're feeling. By getting curious, not furious, you're not only proactively searching for the root issue, but you're not taking their actions personally. I wanna share that with you again so you can really hear that. By getting curious, not furious, you're not taking their actions personally. This leads to a reduced chance of angry reactions to their bad behavior and instead puts you on the offense. Let me say it again, get curious, not furious. Look underneath the behavior to their needs and help your child get their needs met. Then later, when their big emotions have calmed down a bit, talk about a new way for them to ask for what they need and for your child to figure out their own feelings and needs in a similar situation next time. Here are a few questions you can try. What did you need in that moment that you weren't getting? How can your need be solved next time? What can mom and dad do to help you meet your need? What were you feeling while that was happening? What are some ways, creative ways, you can think of to get your needs met? By doing this, you're allowing both of you to reflect on the problem and together work toward a plan of action in the future that revolves around honest expression of the situation at hand. Again, the, the technique here is to go underneath the behavior to the unmet need. So often as parents, we spend all of our time focusing on the unwanted behavior. We spend all of our time scolding, yelling, reprimanding, talking to our kids about the behavior. And if we just went underneath the behavior to the unmet need, we could teach them to meet their needs without bringing forth this unwanted behavior. And what I know for sure is the deep connection happens when we go underneath the behavior to the unmet need. Deep neural pathways are created in the brain. Connection happens between the parent and the child because endorphins are released. Problems are solved for the long haul because a solution is discussed and put forth. Whenever I'm, I'm talking to parents, I always like to share a story to illustrate the point. So I'd like to share this story with you of how a mom went underneath the behavior to the unmet need. Tiffany is a recent client of mine with an eight-year-old strong-willed child. Tiffany and her husband are not always on the same page, and this has created a lot of tension in her home. Tiffany often feels stressed when she's late for things, and when stressed, she trends towards dominant parenting, which she says never feels good. Here's an example of an email I received from Tiffany a couple weeks ago. She said, Lisa, I had a great learning moment today with Noah. I picked him up from school, he was aggressive, bossy, and crabby. I, I certainly can relate to that. He threw his backpack at me and ran off to the car. I was not about to pick that up. I walked all the way back to the car and told him it was his responsibility to get his backpack and bring it with him. 
He wasn't being very nice. I had the car running and it looked like it was going to rain. I told him we are not going to get a new backpack if you leave it there and it gets ruined. I started getting worked up and I'm tr I was trying to figure out how to handle this. And honestly, what was going through my mind is he's being a brat. Then we got in the car and I remembered the techniques that you taught me and I shifted and I said, Hey, Noah, you seem frustrated. What are you feeling? What's going on? And I took a deep breath and waited. Noah started crying immediately and said no one wanted to play tag with him at recess. And so he played alone. He said he didn't want to play hide and seek like the rest of the kids. I wanted to play tag, he said, and no one would listen or do what I wanted to do. So I responded, oh man, that's a bummer. You felt left out and alone? Yes, he said. So we talked for a few minutes and I said, let's walk back and get your backpack together. We talked about how I felt, how I feel left out sometimes too and frustrated. I gave him an example of how I feel frustrated when he doesn't listen to me at shower time and he kind of laughed. We went, got the backpack, got in the car, went home and moved on with our day. We connected and it felt amazing. It's a great example of Tiffany going underneath the behavior to the unmet need, really playing detective with her son, really trying to figure out what is this after school behavior about. When she was able to do this, a whole new world opened up to her where she was able to understand that Noah was really processing and feeling bad about what happened at school. Then she was able to really give him empathy from a place of, oh, wow, buddy, that must have not been fun at all. That must have really hurt your feelings. And he was able to process all of his feelings. And then they picked up the backpack, worked out all of the feelings within them, and moved on to their day. I think in, prior to working together, Tiffany would have punished him for not picking up the backpack. And she would have intensified or further created his feelings of being ignored and alone. So it's just such a great story of going underneath the behavior to the unmet needs. And again, I really want to remind you or share with you that deep connection happens when we go underneath the behavior into the feelings and needs. I hope you found this helpful. And as a thank you for participating in this amazing summit and as a gift to all of you to further your study of conscious parenting, I'd like to share with you a book that I recently published. It's called, Why Am I So Angry? A Parent's Guide to Using Anger to Find Peace. And it's, it's a short book. It's about 30 pages and it's filled with stories like Tiffany's and ideas that parents used to turn things around for the better in their homes. It's real and it's encouraging and it talks about why we become angry as parents and solutions of how to move past the anger and actually use the anger as a beacon to find peace. I'm so proud of this book and I really wanted to share it with you today. So as a thank you gift for joining this summit, Conscious Parenting Summit, I am going to give you a free copy of the book. It's, a, it's an $18 value filled with lots of amazing stories and lots of tips and tools. And if you go to the website, 
coaching.thepeacefulparent.com forward slash book. You'll be able to download a copy of the book there before it goes on sale to the public. So as I sign off today, I hope these tools were helpful. I hope you'll remember to get curious, not furious. I hope that I've motivated you to go underneath the behavior to the unmet needs. I hope you'll remember that all kids at all times are just trying to get their needs met. My wish for you is simple. May you have deep connection with your child or children and peace in your home. And if there is ever anything I can do to help you make that happen, it would be my honor and privilege to serve you. I wish you peaceful parenting. Thank you, Lisa. That was beautiful. Um, how can we share these tools and this um, technique with people who are not in a church hall, but they are part of a kid's life, like our teachers, um, family members? Like, how can we get them involved in this? Because in my awareness, even in my own life, you know, dealing with the teachers is a big thing. They spend, the kids spend more time with the teachers than they actually spend time with a parent, especially when they're grown up. And they go to school, depending what kind of school they go to, they go to public school or they go to private school, but still they have an interaction with the teachers. And from my experience, even with my daughter, I have, I have seen and we have like teachers that they are quote unquote, the kid calling mean because they are angry and who, we don't know what they're angry about, but they're angry and they carry this toxic energy around their teachings. And even though that they may try to be, um, you know, try to get the work done because that's what they get paid for it, um, you know, they still bring this into a kid's life. So how can we share this with uh, the people around our children, but also if we feel that our kids are experiencing this from other people, how can we help them? Great question. Lucia, I, I, have, I really have two answers for that. One is at the teacher or adult level, and one is at the kid level. So at the teacher level, uh, or let's, you know, adult level, nanny, aunts, uncles, grandparents, I, I think that the secret is to really spread the message of get curious, not furious. It's, you know, sharing, hey, I recently learned or heard or I've implemented this technique where I'm, you know, when my child is struggling, melting down, lashing out, having difficulty. I really go underneath the behavior um, to try to figure out what are they needing because all kids at all times are just trying to get their needs met. And I actually, I go into schools and give presentations to teachers about this concept because, you know, teachers are, are at the end of the day, you know, th there is not typically a conscious teaching course out there. So they're not even realizing that all kids at all times are trying to get their needs met. And, you know, really one of the reasons that I really, I love this saying is because it encourages us to take the judgment out of the child's behavior. And we, when we can remove the judgment, that's where the deep connection can happen. And so if we can get teachers to remove the judgment from the kids, stop labeling, he's a bad kid, he's mean, he's a bully, he's a brat, she's, difficult, she's bossy, you know, if we can remove that judgment, then we're open 
to wondering, becoming curious as to what's really going on for that child. Um, so, so that's how I would approach the adult side. And then on the child side, you know, it's a lot of creating an environment where our kids can come home from school. I mean, these are long days for our kids, uh, you know, and they're told what to do every second of every day. Study now, sit quietly, don't touch anything, go to the bathroom, eat lunch in 12 minutes, run around for 14 minutes, go back in, sit down. You know, the school today is intense for our kids. And so, you know, I think a homework assignment every single day after school is giving your child the opportunity to process emotionally what happened for them that day, what feelings came up during the school day. And, and not was it good or bad, but just what is the catalog of feelings you felt today and what was happening when you felt those feelings so that you can really help them process all that went on so they aren't holding it in and drawing conclusions about things that happened that might not serve them. And so, you know, really helping them um, process peer-to-peer -peer interactions, uh, their interaction with their teachers, their feelings about school in general, their feelings about learning, their feelings about what went on at the playground. Gosh, that, that is like, that's probably more helpful than actually doing the homework that they're assigned, the written homework, because, you know, they're moving all of those feelings and all of that built-up cortisol out of their body. I, I like to think of it as, as moving the school toxicity out of their body so they're a clean slate the next day, so that it isn't building up day after day after day. Because, you know, let's face it, when there's a buildup of toxicity, you know, we're more likely to have, you know, negative behavior. And I mean, we do it as adults, right? If we don't have a chance to fill our cup, then we're walking around with an empty cup. Beautiful. Yes, I love the I love the assignment of I wouldn't call it assignment because if I say that to my daughter, she's gonna get more upset and say like, "Oh my God, more things to do." So right. I would say like more of that open communication between uh, our children and the parent at the end when we pick them up or when we see them after school and and just communicate with them like and ask them and be curious like how was the day like what actually happened and not just oh what do you learn but actually how are you feeling today um and 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 this topic is very close home close to my heart because it is a topic that it, i'm personally dealing with not not much at home but at school and and I love the other part that you said about removing the toxicity of the day every day for kids to uh, let go of what happened in school and wake up next day because I know I'm not the only parent out there that sometimes when we have these toxic teachers and the attitude and the emotional baggages that they carry with themselves, which is all human, we are human, but they're not doing conscious education in some levels. And and they are so close-minded to even our approaches, like, you know, having conversation with us. They're just close. They just want to address this topic. They are not open to this topic. They just don't want to merge. They just, they are not curious about our need as parents. And 
it has been a very interesting journey where we can see, um, especially my daughter, uh, the frustration and the anger that it had developed within them and within her. And I see that in so many other kids. It, like when I look and talk to other parents, this anger because the environment, the emotional environment in the school is not, or even aftercare, is not the ones that you know the kids can thrive. But also, you know, I, I feel like so many other parents they just ignore all of this, and the kids they're learning just to ignore and start becoming desensitized. So, what could be one of the ways that we parent? Um, while we follow in your, you know, your insight, uh, what would be the greatest message for us to not lose hope into like, this this weaving environment that a kid cross, and not just from teachers, school, but also if we had blended family from one family to another. Yeah, I I, I think that the the real secret in all those scenarios, you know, because we're all on our journey, we're all at different places, and whether it's 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 extended family, blended family, teachers, it's really to help our children by going underneath the behavior to really digging into the feelings and needs. Again, for me, Lucia, it was so profound when I learned that all kids at all times are trying to get their needs met. Mm -hmm. and, and it's really, you know, when my kid gets in the car after school, I pick him up every day. I'll just go back to this example. You know, it's like, you know, I, I used to, he would get in the car and I would be like, how was your day? what do you do? What do you have for homework? What do you, you know, Barry, you know, I, I was adding to his stress level, you know, by grilling him and being intense about, all the things that needed to get done. And now I'm, you know, now he gets in the car and we just take a deep breath and we allow some silence. And I, I really ask him, you know, what came up for you today at school? And we've been doing this long enough that he knows what I'm saying is what were your feelings? Because listen, there's plenty of people focused on how he's doing at math or whether he has manners yes. or whether he's his clothes match right? Yes. Or whether he, you know, whether he's got the latest iPhone, but who's really focusing on his feelings and needs. And I, I feel like that's our job as our, as, as our children's emotional coach is to constantly be tuning in and teaching them to tune in to their feelings and needs. You know, I, I say all the time, my, my, my son's future partner loves me already. She, he or she doesn't even know me. But they love me because, you know, because I'm really helping him with his feeling vocabulary. And, and I think it is such a gift. Again, whether we have a teacher that our child isn't connecting with, whether we have, you know, uh, grandparents that don't get them, uh, whether we have a blended family, whether they have an intense coach on, this, on the soccer field, whatever it is, really spending time with them tuning into their feelings and needs. It, it, it is, what it really is, is it creates deep connection. I love the healing vocabulary. Mm. I, it, that was beautiful. How to tap into their healing vocabulary. I love that. Thank you. 
So thank you so much, Lisa, again, for this incredible time that we had spent together. How can we find you? You can find me at thepeacefulparent.com or on Facebook as The Peaceful Parent. And I welcome anybody into my community and look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you so much, Lisa, today. And we appreciate you, our amazing community that have been following up this amazing summit. And hopefully today you experience and receive and welcome into your life and to experience great insights and tools and practices so you can um, experience a beautiful parenting, conscious parenting um, you know, journey. So thank you so much for joining us in this episode and we'll see you in our next episode of the Conscious Relationship Uncoupling and Parenting Summit. See you next time.